0: Hello and welcome to episode two of the Pixel Swim podcast. I'm your host, Steve Heinrich. Uh, This is going to be released on Thursday, February 1st, 2018. Uh, I'm going to try to stick to that uh, Thursday release schedule. Uh, and It seems like it's going to be every week, so hopefully I can keep to that. Uh, So yeah, uh, I just want to dive in and uh, first thank uh, Steve Litchfield at All About Windows Phone. And the other phone show chat and the phone show video uh, channel on YouTube. Uh, I just want to thank him for doing a short write-up about the Pixel Swim podcast after the first episode. It was unexpected, uh, but yeah, it was. I appreciated him doing that. So, and I just want to thank anybody who's subscribed after seeing that article and and had found me that way. So, I appreciate it. So, I wanted to go over why Steve Litchfield would even uh, put an article on. AAWP about my podcast. Uh, I got into contact with Steve uh, maybe a year or so ago, year ish, um, via Twitter. He had put out a request to anybody who could possibly help with the uh, coding issues having on allaboutwindowsphone.com. So I replied and was able to get in contact with him and help him fix the issue. So he offered to, uh, he offered. Uh, me guesting on the aawp insight podcast so and then after that i actually went on three more times so i've been on there a total of four times and uh he's also kind enough to to uh let me guest on the phone show chat podcast uh so those if you want to listen to them are in the link section at uh pixelswim.com so check that out if you want to hear those um and honestly kind of has inspired me to even start this podcast so uh thanks to steve for that too so i wanted to go over a couple of other things from the last episode uh mostly about my htc g1 which i (laughs) i mean i talked a lot about it so uh sorry i'm adding on a couple of things that i forgot to that i wanted to mention in the last episode so I wanted to mention that it has an SD card slot. Uh, So the first Android phone had an SD card slot. I'm not sure what the Mac supported was for it, but um, I had a one gigabyte uh, card in there. So that was uh, more than enough to hold all the pictures and stuff because the picture files were pretty small. So it also had a replaceable battery and also... (laughs) and. Here's an odd thing. I don't. I wish I had mentioned it last time, but it had a headphone dongle. Uh, the HTC G1 did not have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Um, so you'd plug in the mini USB dongle with the 3.5 millimeter jack at the end of it, and that's how you'd plug in the headphones. So, uh, but honestly, at that point, the phone wasn't very good to use for media anyway. But. Um, the dongle definitely wasn't a small dongle. It was probably about three or four feet long. So, technically, you could put your phone across the room, and with the combination of your headphone wire and your dongle wire, <laughs> you'd be just fine. So, uh, Bluetooth, what? Yeah, it's definitely kind of strange how things have come full circle with the dongle wire. Uh, thanks, Apple. <laughs> so. I just wanted to mention those things about the phone, because um, I forgot to men- mention them last time. So, All right, so I just want to jump right into the next topic, uh, which kind of expands on the AAWP uh, spectrum. Uh, so I thought, because some people may be coming from there, that I'd talk about the first Windows phone that I uh, purchased uh, years ago, which was the HTC 8X, which is kind of a strange way to enter the Windows Phone world because it wasn't a Lumia. Uh, Lumia Lumia is, you know, kind of ubiquitous with uh, going into the Windows Phone world. So I do things weirdly, so why not start with an HTC 8X? Uh, Am I right? Anyway, um, so that was the first Windows Phone I ever had. I actually bought that phone twice. I bought it once, uh, used it for a little while, and then sold it And then I bought it again, probably about a year after that. So uh, I thought it was a pretty, it was good enough to buy again, in my opinion. So um, yeah, so that phone didn't have the greatest specs. There was only 16 gigabyte internal, uh, no replaceable battery, no expandable storage. Uh, So yeah, but that was, it was a good phone. I really liked that. Like the form factor is skinny and small and, just nice. You know, I had a bunch of cases for it. So I actually took that phone with me um, when my wife and I went on holiday or on vacation to London in 2015. Um, I knew I wanted to take a Windows phone. Uh, The biggest thing and the biggest reason was for the offline maps. Uh, I think that was that was it's such a great feature uh, of Windows phone, um, even though as of recent, they've kind of stopped updating them, but back then everything was up to date. So there's nothing better than being able to download an entire country of maps, um, knowing I wasn't going to have service over there. So it was a map in my pocket of everything and everywhere we were going to go, you know, um, have everything starred and everything like that. So it was really great to have that when we were in London. Um, We got her on just well. The GPS picked up pretty well so we could see where we were at and stuff like that. So, and it was also nice because it had a wide angle front camera. Uh, Now, when I say wide angle, I don't mean like the new uh, LG phones or the, I think one of the Motorola phones has a wide angle lens. It wasn't that wide angle. But it was enough on the front to get a good picture of us. So we didn't need like a selfie stick or anything, which I saw a lot of when we were there in 2015. Um, But yeah, so we got some decent pictures. Uh, The back camera was pretty good too. I think it's an 8 megapixel. So we got, I used it for pretty much all of our shots while we were there. Low light, it wasn't that great. Um, And then. Uh, but in in good daylight, there was some blowout in areas. But you know what? It it worked well, um, and so I was I'm really grateful to have that phone uh, while we were there. So I actually had podcasts on it for the plane trip uh, over there, uh, and had plenty of room for the maps and the and the uh, photos that we took and some video. So. Yeah, uh, HTC 8x was a good travel companion. So that 16 gigabytes was plenty, uh, as uh, it was on Windows Phone 8.1, so it wasn't resource intensive. Apps didn't take up a ton of space, you know. So it was just a really great phone. I really enjoyed uh, using it while I was over there. So. And the phone came in like a great blue color. Uh, I forget. I think it was like California blue or something like that. But I know it was available in like a neon yellow type color and and also black. So, yeah, it was just a really fun little phone. uh, Great travel companion. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about, last point. um, I didn't want this to be too much about mobile technology, but... Even though that's one of my big interests, but uh, I wanted to kind of switch over to a design article that I found. Um, actually, more specifically, a an article about uh, the Futura font family typeface, uh, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, this one was over at Medium. Uh, uh, site called magenta i think it was but it's by douglas thomas who is a graphic designer teacher and type historian Uh, It was written on january 29th and it's called how one typeface landed on the moon and the subhead is futura started off as an avant-garde contribution to 1920s modernism by the 1960s it had become part of nasa's authoritative image So, yeah, I kind of wanted to go over this article because I thought it was interesting because it kind of crosses science with graphic design and type design and stuff like that Uh, because I kind of have this, you know, graphic design, good graphic design I feel like you shouldn't really notice or see. But, uh, yeah, so this article kind of goes over uh, NASA's use of the Futuro typeface uh, in in the 60s which is a typeface that's uh, sans-serif, uh, kind of modernistic looking. Uh, I suggest maybe Googling Futura, F-U-T-U-R-A, uh, and kind of taking a look at, at that. So kind of one of the main points of the article is featuring uh, pl- the plaque that's on the moon uh, that was set in, fu- in the Futura font, uh, which reads, "Here, men from the planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969 A.D., We came in peace for all mankind. And then it had uh, all the different signatures on there, the president and the astronauts uh, and all that. So, um, yeah, Uh, I guess it was thought that NASA used Futura because and and that they were inspired by 2001 A Space Odyssey. But I guess that's not actually true. So uh, Futura was actually created in 1927 by Paul Renner and the Bauer type foundry and gain mainstream use over the next decade. So, yeah, I just wanted to read a few things from the article because I thought they kind of covered the the hot topics in the article, at least the, the highlight points that I think are interesting uh, and kind of go over the fact that graphic design is, you know, a good graphic design you don't really notice after a little while, especially in this case. Uh, so here's a few excerpts. Um, that I think are kind of interesting and kind of highlight some of the better parts of the article. So uh, the first one is, NASA didn't choose Futura as a grand aesthetic statement of modernism unique to space travel. The US Army has been using Futura as the basis for its detailed global mapping project since World War II, and the US Air Force has started using Futura on labels for its missiles by the late 1950s. By the time of the Apollo program in the 1960s, Futura was a generic choice for military operations. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. They were using it because it was already being used. Uh, so, hence, it was not inspired by 2001 A Space Odyssey. So, in this next excerpt, I thought it was kind of interesting because uh, it also deals with technology that we... There'll be a, a brand in here that you've heard of recently. Thank you, Moto Mods. Uh, so, the excerpt is... The medium format camera that the Apollo 11 astronauts used to take pictures of the moon was the commercially available Swedish Hasselblad 500EL camera modified with special lubricants and coatings for use in space. The camera's lens, dials, and controls came with their usual machine-routed type. Before sending the camera into space, NASA placed a sticker with simplified instructions on the top of each camera set in Futura this ensured that the astronauts could successfully operate the camera and also lent an official look that the astronauts would quickly even subconsciously recognize as the authoritative voice of mission control so i think that's pretty pretty cool so you basically uh, when you're working with type and stuff like that it's it's you and you create a visual uh, cohesion with it you you can just look at it and know i mean if you if you want to look up articles about Comic Sans, uh, you probably come across it because it's reached kind of mainstream internet uh, before. So, uh, basically, what a typeface says. So Futura to the to NASA was the authoritative voice. So you see this very specifically designed typeface, and you know this is from NASA uh, immediately without even reading it. You know it's it's a NASA thing. So. Uh, which is really helpful and time-saving, uh, especially, I would imagine, to an astronaut in space. So NASA was definitely using Future as a tool uh, to help quickly identify things and and know what to look for. So I think that's pretty cool that they used it more as a utility uh, than as kind of an aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing thing. So, yeah, pretty cool. So that kind of leads to the last... Uh, excerpt that I want to read from the article which is black Futura type on silver adhesive labels marked daily food rations tool bags and even human waste containers training and operating manuals primarily featured Futura in each case the typefaces presence served as evidence that an object had been vetted and cleared for use in the NASA system both on the ground at mission control and in the spacecraft The marking system legitimized each piece, and because of the visual similarity of each label, contributed to ease of use. And that kind of goes, like I just said, it it uses it as a tool. So very, very cool. So I hope you enjoyed those excerpts from the article. You can check out the full-length article, which is much longer than these excerpts. Uh, So I'll put that link in the show notes. So check that out. Okay, so the final segment of the show, uh, which I think last week I called the Bargain of the Week. Uh, I've I've decided to rename it the uh, Pixel Bin Bargain of the Week. Pixel Bin like a clearance bin. (laughs) I know. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I'm going to try and find good deals uh, and share them with you. So this one isn't a specific link that you can go to. Uh, I mean, it is and it isn't. Uh, I'm talking about the Lumia 950XL on Swappa here in the United States, Swappa.com. If you go to the page, you can subscribe. I'll put a link in the show notes that you could subscribe to when people post their uh, used 950XLs, Microsoft Lumia uh, 950XL, which runs Windows 10 mobile. So... Uh, I've noticed the prices because I'm, I'm subscribed uh, to that, so I get emails whenever somebody posts a new one. I'm hoping for a really, really good deal uh, one of these days, but uh, I've noticed the prices are around $200 these days. So uh, that's the Pixel Bin Bargain of the Week is to subscribe to that. And uh, for $200, bucks, uh, I think I saw one on there today for $165, too. Uh, I definitely suggest checking that out. And... uh subscribing to that so you get notifications and can jump on a good deal because the 950xl which i've never actually had hands on with uh supposed to be a really good device uh and at that price uh, it's it's difficult to beat so all right so that kind of wraps up this week's podcast i appreciate you tuning in uh If you want, you can head over to Pixelswim.com for all my social links, and I'm hoping to get an article up there. I'll probably keep saying that, but hopefully there will be one up there soon. Uh, It's a review of an app that I used, so uh, just teaser. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, thanks for tuning in, and please uh, subscribe, and uh, hopefully episode three will be out uh, next Thursday, which is... Here, let me click... Thursday is February 8th. So, yeah, thanks uh, for tuning in and Godspeed.